You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. And today it's Tuesday, June 6th. And today was the first day of 49ers mandatory minicamp, a session that was open to the media. So we did get several reports and updates. Kyle Shanahan spoke. Some players even spoke with the media after practice. So I'm not going to waste any of you guys' time. Let's just cut to the chase. First, let's discuss the quarterbacks, of course, because I know we're all very anxious to know who's in the running for QB2 on this team because what other team do we talk about the backup quarterback or the potential backup quarterback more than the 49ers, right? So let's talk QBs. Sam Darnold took the first team reps today, as Kyle Shanahan has indicated in the past. Both Darnold and Lance are going to be continuing to rotate first team reps with each practice. Now, I've seen some people ask, and so you might be thinking to yourself, well, didn't Darnold take first-team reps last practice? I feel like he's gotten more first-team rep practices than Trey Lance has. The answer to that is he took first-team reps the last practice that was open to the media. Remember, we don't get reports from every like session. That's OTAs, mandatory minicamp. Only some of them are open to the media. And Kyle Shanahan did say today that Trey Lance will be getting the majority of first-team reps tomorrow. So, personally, I think it's safe to assume that they switch off every practice. So, today was Darnold's day. Tomorrow is going to be Trey Lance's day and so on and so forth. But according to Grant Cohn, Sam Darnold was red hot in 7-on-7 drills and was, quote, decisive and accurate. He started the session throwing three touchdowns on five attempts. That's pretty impressive. Uh, He finished 8-of-13 with the three touchdowns previously mentioned, and a would-be interception that was dropped. What's going on, East Coast Red and Gold? Glad you can join. Talking QBs over here. Uh, So, yeah, uh, Sam Darnold started off hot, but it didn't end up that way. He said, or Grant Cohen said that 11-on-11s was a different story for Darnold. And it looks like we're coining the new nickname, for Sam Darnold's questionable alter ego, Bad Sam. That brings me back. It feels like just yesterday we were talking about Bad Jimmy, right? Kind of miss those days. But for those of you who aren't familiar with the nickname and how that all came about, it's sort of the I don't know, Jekyll and Hyde phenomenon for quarterbacks who have as big of a bad side as they have a good side, I guess. Like, you never know which quarterback's going to show up. Um, And Grant said, quote, Bad Sam is quite similar to Bad Jimmy Garoppolo in the sense that both make strange decisions for vets and both force short passes to defenders standing directly in front of them. Not great. I mean, look, Brian Greasy, I thought, did a pretty good job of limiting the Bad Jimmy appearances. And so, I mean, I appreciate that, but it's still very early in the Sam Darnold, you know, era to know if they're going to be able to do the same thing with him. But here's to hoping, right? I mean, from everything we've heard about Sam Darnold this offseason, all these national media people talking about Sam, talking him up, saying this is the best 
opportunity he's ever had. Clearly, I, I mean, the 49ers are optimistic. They can coach this out of him. So it's still early, right? It's just June. So we'll see if that improves with more practices. But as of right now, we have seen bad Sam, bad Darnold, whatever you want to call it. But now, Trey Lance took most of the second team reps and finished uh, 9 of 14 with four touchdowns and no interceptions. According to Grant, Lance's practice was the pretty much the reverse of Darnold in that, like he mentioned, that Lance started off, you know, maybe a little shaky, maybe a little like not very decisive, but he finished the session off very strong, saying, quote, as the practice progressed, Lance's confidence grew while Darnold shrunk. So I guess they they traded off. They're trading off more than just uh, first team reps. They're trading off like who's good and who's bad. Apparently they can't be good at the same time. Uh, So Darnold finished strong, ended, you know, questionably, and Lance or started questionably but finished strong. Now, while we're on the subject of Lance – because after all, this is the reason for the thumbnail. It's the reason for the title of this video or this episode today. While we're on the subject, wanted to discuss what George Kittle said when he was asked about Lance. And some of you might have already seen the one quote of Kittle saying that Trey looks significantly better than last year. That was the one quote that circulated. Um, and so that sounds great. Like, awesome but i do want to play the full clip with video sorry audio listeners um but even if you're listening as an audio listener i do encourage you to try to find the video to uh, i guess get the full context you know so you can better formulate an opinion I, i'm just gonna share it hold on let me let me pull this up here yeah i mean I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think Trey looks significantly better than last year. Um, I really do. I think he's, his confidence is there. I think that um, he's throwing really good passes. I know you guys take videos sometimes. He overthrows people once in a while. Hey, it is what it is. He's still learning and stuff. But, I mean, just watching him, he just looks so much more comfortable and confident in the pocket. And I really appreciate that from him, from all the work that he's put into it. Um, I think all of our quarterbacks sound uh, It's kind of all like he mentioned about Lance. So I'll stop it right there. But I thought it was interesting, and I'm going to go back and kind of scrub through here, kind of looking for more things to say. Like, (laughs) yeah, I I think he looks significantly better than last year. Um, Yeah, what else? Like, well, hmm, I don't know. Uh, That's the sense that I got. I don't want to speculate too much. Like, I feel like I've tried – my hardest to be objective with most all of the big or I guess controversial off season topics, but call me crazy. I'm just not convinced that George Kittle, I don't know. I'm I'm not convinced that he's a big Trey Lance fan. I, I just don't get that sense from him. Uh, but I, I do also want to say, in order for this to be a huge compliment, and I guess to like truly know what how George Kittle feels and what he means by like significantly better, you would have to know how George Kittle felt about Trey Lance last year, right? Because that's like the measuring stick. Um, 
So if he thought Trey Lance was terrible last year and, you know, maybe just didn't say it, then him saying that he looks significantly better can only mean so much, right? If he thought that Trey Lance looked good last year, him saying that he looks significantly better would be awesome. Like, clearly exceeding expectations, but we just don't know. We don't know how George Kittle felt about Trey Lance last year. So for now, we just got to take George Kittle's word that he looks significantly better to George Kittle. But again, we don't know. We, we don't know the measuring stick. Like, what did he look like to Kittle last year? We don't know. We'll never know. But I kind of want to, you know, ask you guys because this is kind of where I'm at where I don't I don't know if I'm I'm buying what he's selling here him telling me that he thinks he's significantly better that just the whole quote that's why I wanted to play the whole video because I just felt like there was some awkwardness there like it's not like he's talking about Jimmy where he would just his face would light up and he'd have all these great things to say about Jimmy Garoppolo and clearly was Jimmy Garoppolo stand to the last season that he was in San Francisco going back to last season when it was Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo all of training camp or whatever. You could think it's a variety of things. I have seen so many people react to this differently. I'm like I've seen someone say this is George Kittle like trolling all of the non Trey Lance non-believers. I've seen someone say this is George Kittle trying to pump up Trey Lance's trade value. Like it, it's so funny to me how people can interpret one quote that seems so black and white so many different ways. And I'm doing the same thing. Like I'm over here like I don't believe him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to what to make of it. Guys, I'm I'm struggling with this one. I'm, I'm struggling. I, again, I've been objective with like most everything. Uh, but this one, I'm just like, I. Just, it felt forced. The answer felt forced. If you look at the body language, I don't know. He was just, it looked like he was just looking for nice things to say about Trey Lance. And he even mentioned the fact, like, I know that you guys see some of the misses, some of the overthrows and stuff, like whatever he said. I was like, dude. You didn't have to mention that. Like, come on. Again, like, if Kittle thought that Trey Lance was not good last year, then it could just mean that Trey Lance looks decent this year. With Hey, that could still be good. That could be good for Lance. I mean, I don't know. We He doesn't need to, you know, be a, you know, world beater, maybe. But I don't know. That was just uh, my thought. But you guys may be a little more optimistic than I am on this one. Usually I am the optimistic one, so that I guess it's nice for a change to have a different perspective. But uh, I want to talk about, you know, some of the other players who spoke with the media today. Debo Samuel spoke with the media, and he had, I thought, uh, a really great thing to say about his season last year. I mean, it, he was very critical of himself, so you could, you could say it was a bad thing, but the way he responded to it, I think was good. And I'm going to play the clip so you guys uh, know what I'm talking about here if you haven't seen it yourself. How did you, would you assess your season last year? Oh, it was awful. It was awful. Yeah. In what way? Every aspect. Yeah, do you, you, you consider that a little bit? Like, it, what I just said, every aspect, but 
uh, did that leave a, a bitter taste in your mouth? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, me and Cal had a long meeting the other day. We watched tape. Um, we talked about it. We put it behind us and um, just going through the tape and just look how sluggish and like how bad it looked on tape. Um, like I said, uh, just reflecting on last offseason, it kind of played a big role in that. And I never put nothing like that back on tape again. All right. So that's what uh, he had to say on his 2022 season. And I really, I really appreciated that honesty from Debo. Like, yes, I'm aware of the fact that he was asked the question and of course he was going to answer, but, and then he, I guess he kept it pretty vague at first by just saying he thought it was awful, but for him to say and be so open about that, you know, he could have kind of gone around the question a little bit, but clearly there was some self-evaluation done by Debo Samuel. And he also mentioned the fact that, you know, him and Kyle were looking through his 2022 tape and, you know, they kind of came away with similar thoughts that he looked sluggish and, you know, things like that. And I also appreciate the fact that you know, not only does Debo know that it wasn't his best season, which like it wasn't even a terrible season, but by the standard of 2021, which was, you know, an, an all timer. Yeah, I, I guess comparing those two years, 2022 was a disappointment. I mean, it was his first year after his big extension. You're you're hoping for a lot. So in that sense, I get it. I don't know if I'd call it awful, but clearly you know, Debo Samuel has high standards for himself. And also he did admit that the distractions of the whole contract negotiations and everything that came from that, uh, that impacted his off season a bit. And I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that he was honest about that. He didn't even have to mention that part of it, but uh, I think it was, it was nice to get that sense of honesty. It was, it showed maturity, from Debo and it makes me encouraged that if a player knows that they need to fix something, they're going to fix it like more often than not. Right. So the fact that he has that self-awareness, I think is, is very encouraging. And I feel great about him coming into this season a whole lot better. And I've seen reports that, uh, and because he, he missed like the first week of OTAs, but he was there the second week not participating, but he was there. And I just have seen the reports that he does look more in shape than he did this time last year. So again, I think that's really encouraging. I'm glad that, you know, Debo has a self-awareness. I'm glad that he has a maturity to own up to it and, you know, looking to get better, you know, this season. I, I think that's, uh, that was really great for him. Let me get to some of these comments. Hugh says you are reading to you're trying to read too much into Kittle's comments. Yeah, I I mean I I think so. But like again, we don't know what Kittle means because in order for us to know what Kittle means by significantly better, we have to know what he felt about Trey last year. Like that's all I'm saying. And I I I'm not convinced that Kittle was a huge fan of Trey last year. Like that that's as simple as I can put it. I I could be reading too far into it. Hopefully I am. Uh, I mean Hopefully I am. Uncle Salty says, why can't we just take these comments at face value? You know what? Because I'm a 49ers fan, and at some point I have to uh, overanalyze something. But that's just like 
the rule of, of being a 49er fan. Yeah, like I said, usually, usually I, I keep things very objective and I try to rationalize everything, but that for some reason that one I just uh, I couldn't couldn't do. Uh, Debo sounds serious. Good, yeah, he did. I mean, I I think again, super encouraging. I think with Ayuk seemingly having a another breakout year uh, in twenty twenty three, and Debo, you know wanting to go back to his 2021 self. I think this could be a very solid year for the 49ers receivers. And in turn could be a very solid year for QB one Brock Purdy. Right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uncle Salty says, look out NFC. If he and Ayuk are hyper-focused, absolutely. And it, and it seems like Ayuk is hyper-focused by all of the comments, all the reports that I've seen out of OTAs, out of even like today, the mandatory mini camp, everyone is hyping up Brandon Ayuk. And he, for good reason, probably, I mean, I'm going to play the clip that, uh, you know, Debo had to say about uh, Brandon, because I, I thought that it was, uh, it was really great to hear that. One second, let me share my screen. Man, you can't cover that boy in a phone booth right now. <laughs> what have you seen him do the last year, year or two? That I mean, um, just me personally, like seeing Brandon from a rookie till now, like he's got better day in, day out. Every season he's got better. And just like I, I'm seeing flashes of like stuff that I ain't seen him do, like how fast he is now, how explosive he is. And, you know, the separation that he getting in, in and out of routes. Um, you can tell he's really detailed his offseason ready to go. Yeah, I mean, and again, this just like reaffirms everything that we've already been hearing about Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk himself said like he's gonna take off this year, right? So, um, I'm I'm definitely expecting a huge year for Brandon, and it definitely feels like every year that he's been in the league, he's just leveling up, and he's just becoming a better and better receiver. Uh, so that's again another encouraging thing, and. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver one on this team. I think he he was already last season because he's like the more well-rounded uh, receiver. But again, another year under his belt and Debo saying those things about him. Shoo, I think sky's the limit for Brandon Ayuk. And it makes sense because after this year, he's going to be in line for an extension. So he, he knows what time it is. He knows what's up. So I'm, I'm liking that he, he's trying to, um, silence the, I don't know if he has critics, but silence the doubters or people who don't talk about Brandon Ayuk highly enough. I mean, it's really only 49er fans who hype up Brandon Ayuk. If you look at like national media, barely any talk about Brandon Ayuk. I think we know like how special he is and how special he could be, but I don't think we've really seen it all come together yet. I think last season was like a preview of that, what he could be. But I think with more stability at quarterback, hopefully, um, in 2023 and, you know, another year under his belt where clearly he's improved this offseason, I think he is going to take off for sure. I, I'm drafting him in fantasy leagues, all my fantasy leagues. Uh, Callie said, Steph, you, you've been hanging around stats too much. Oh, no, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him that. That's so funny. I always get mad at stats too because he he's like the biggest conspiracy theorist and he's always like 
putting some crazy like conspiracies on the timeline on Twitter. And I'm just like, dude, what? Like, how did you even come to that conclusion? And here I am. Here I am stooping a uh, Rob Stats level. No. Damn. Okay. You guys have humbled me in these comments. I, uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get back to, to my rational self. Um, East Coast Red and Gold asks, think we can put to rest that they'll rush Brock back? I think so. I mean, I was talking to uh, Jay, Jason Aponte about this earlier on the Bully Ball podcast because I, I asked a question, like, do you think the 49ers are rushing him back? And he said no, and he also said that he doesn't think that Brock would let himself get rushed back. And I, I agree with that. I mean, if you look at what Cal Shanahan said about Brock, like obviously very optimistic. The hope is week one, all that. Um, but you know, when Brock spoke literally after coach, like that same day, he, he pretty much kept it very realistic and just like not setting himself up, I guess, for anything to go wrong or like for people to say, well, you said this and you said you were going to be ready week one. He didn't put himself, um, in a corner like that. So he said, we're taking it day by day and that's all we could do. So yes, everything's going well in his recovery so far, which is why I think, I don't even think they need to rush him back. Right. Like, I think that's just how it's going. He's going, he's going to be ready week one because he's going to be ready week one. Like it's not because they're rushing him back. It's because his rehab so far is going well. And again, I, I mentioned this earlier and I'm going to say it again. It's June 6th. Anything can happen between now and, you know, August that could potentially put him back sometime in his timeline. So anything can happen. Right. But we're just saying as of right now, week one looks like a possibility. So I don't think we have to worry about Brock Purdy potentially getting rushed back. I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, worries about that. I, I've seen people mention it. Uncle Saltsy said, lots of positives to discuss. Absolutely. Let's stick to the positives, right? L let's do it. Um, Hugh Wilkins said, this team from Debo to Ayuk to Drake Jackson, Abosa to CMC, et cetera, seem hyper-focused to be in their best shape and to capitalize on this year of opportunity. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, Drake Jackson it sounds like he's going to have a beast of a season this year. I mean, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan had something good to say about Drake uh, this uh, today as well. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but I mean, everyone kind of sees that Drake Jackson put in the work and sometimes it's not just about putting in the work in the off season. Like sometimes guys look jacked coming into like OTAs and training camp, but then it doesn't like exactly translate to the field. I have a feeling that that's not going to be the case with Drake Jackson. Like maybe that's, I'm being optimistic. Maybe that's my hope, but I got to be extra optimistic because of <laughs> what I said about Trey and Kittle not too long ago. Uh, yeah. I, I just think that Drake is, is poised to have a second year leap and he definitely put in the work and CMC is definitely putting in the work. There's so many guys on this team. It's a blue chip player. CMC, Bosa, you could even throw in Ayuk there now. Um, these are guys who take their offseason work very seriously, and, and I think it sets a good precedent and example for everyone else on this team to want to do the same, right? Hey, 
I I didn't even talk about Fred Warner. Fred Warner, you could throw in there as well. There's a bunch of guys. Um, And, you know, we haven't even talked about Javon Hargrave, but it being the first day of mandatory minicamp, he was also present today, and he – his body just looks crazy. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he looks huge. So he's going to be huge for that defensive line. And so I'm really excited. I'm glad this is the first time that we've got to see him in a 49ers uniform. And I hope to see more clips from him, uh, in the future, in the near future. And Bosa as well was back in the building. In fact, he spoke with the media after, uh, the practice today and you know of course he was asked about his contract situation and I think there's a lot of optimism about Nick Bosa and you know from his side getting this deal done I, I think uh I'm there's no reason to think that this won't get done I don't think it's like in the past where like the Debo Samuel deal we're a little worried and also George Kittle like even though that there wasn't a lot of reports on Kittle's contract, I, I don't know. I, I felt like I was a little worried. But this one feels more like Fred Warner, where we're like, we didn't hear about Fred Warner's contract at all, like not one report until it was done. And I think that's kind of what we're going to get um, with Nick Bosa. There are reports out there, or I should say just speculation on what his contract could look like, but there isn't any reports of like the, the contract they're far apart in negotiations and like we haven't gotten those kinds of updates from Nick Bosa's negotiations. And I think that's a good thing. Anytime that you hear Kyle, John, you know, and today Bosa speak about this negotiation and this contract, it feels very optimistic. Like they're going to get this done. And Bosa was asked if he felt that, they can get an extension done before training camp. And he said he has high confidence in that. And so it also strikes me that Bosa is just letting his agent take care of it, which is good. He said he thinks he's going to get what he deserves. And I think so too. It's like Nick Bosa is a very easy assessment. And in turn, it should make the negotiations very easy. And I would think the Trent Williams was similar when, when he got his extension with the team, it's like, these guys are unarguably, the best at their position, Fred Warner, same, like when he got his extension, that makes, I think the conversation easy. Yeah. There's sticker shock. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a hell of a price and you know, you gulp a little bit in, in nervousness, but there's not a lot to argue. Like if the 49ers tried to play hardball with Nick Bosa, I don't think that would go very well because Nick Bosa, he has the receipts people. He has, I mean, reigning DPOY there's not much that the 49ers could do to negotiate his contract down um, in this case so I feel good that something's going to get done and I feel good that despite this being a huge contract like both sides are are wanting to get it done so yeah I'm excited about that and uh, hopefully we won't have to make, wait too much longer to hear about a BOSA extension. Uncle Sati says, don't channel stats, be yourself. Hey, man, I am myself. <laughs> Trust me. I, like I said, I get on stats all the time. Um, leave the salty to the professionals. You're, you're funny, man. You're funny. Um, but yeah, you know, this was going to be a short episode because, like I said, it was just going to be a recap of 
the mandatory mini camp that happened today. And I had an episode yesterday with Chris and we talked about, you know, a, a number of things, but, you know, mostly just how OTAs went. And, you know, we talked about Matt Mayoko's article about Brock Purdy and how the signs point to him being the week one starter. So if you guys are interested in that topic, make sure you guys check out yesterday's episode. And tomorrow, the 49ers are having another mandatory minicamp session. So make sure that you guys are also tuned in around this time because I'll also be giving, you know, updates about day two and you won't want to miss it. So make sure that you guys subscribe. Make sure you like this video if you like this kind of content. And I hope you guys do. Forgive me for, you know, having a tinfoil hat moment earlier. And uh, have a good rest of your Tuesday, people. Peace.